Hello and welcome to Aquarium Dilemmas. I'm your host, Science Gal Aquatics. I'm Carrie, and this is my co-host. Jesse, and welcome. Yes, thank you so much for listening and tuning in to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. We have another wonderful episode today. <laughs> beta, beta, however you want to fight over pronouncing it. Yes. There's always going to be a discussion over that, beta, beta, but I would have to say over the years, I've definitely kept guppies the longest, but I have kept my fair share of beta bettas over the years, and I've made some mistakes. So we just want to talk about some mistakes I've made keeping them over the years that will help you with yours in the future or maybe one you have now. Well, and there's a lot to... Betas are one of the most popular fish as far Mm -hmm. as you're going to see them everywhere you go. You're going to see them in every pet store, every trade show you go to. They're going to be sitting everywhere in little bitty cups. Yes, I feel like it's definitely a fish that you would possibly get starting off. It's definitely one that I think a lot of people gravitate because one, it's so easy to get and two, it's got the myth behind it that you can keep it in little bitty cups or little bitty environments with no filters and no heaters and it will be just fine and it's so easy and I think that they are easy to care for but you can't keep them in those kind of environments and I in the beginning believed (laughs) in the myths well and it wasn't so easy when I was a kid to get your hands on google and google everything either So, yes, I believed in a lot of the things I was told, and a lot of them, they meant well, and it worked to an extent, but it definitely cut down on their lifespan. Well, I think they can be a longer-lasting fish, in my opinion. I think the longest you could probably is like two to five years. And in the beginning, I was lucky to get a year. And now, like, I'm still, it's not perfect. But I can keep them definitely, like, three, four years now versus one at the most <laughs> in well, years and, and, and that that in lies the dilemma. Why mm-hmm. can now you keep them this long? Mm-hmm. And before, basically, for lack of a better way of saying it, you were killing them off. Yeah, I was, I thought I was doing my very best and I thought I was giving them their absolute best life, but I was not. I meant well, but I definitely know more. And like I said, I'm not perfect. I still make plenty of mistakes, but I feel like I know more to share. (laughs) Well, there's a, there's a big misconception (laughs) in the hobby. Uh It's not, you have to do your research and everything. Yes, but there's a lot of learning curve, and like you said, you through the years everything changes. Yeah, I've well, I don't necessarily think it. Well, like yeah, it probably changed the way I kept things. Most definitely changed, but it's just you can get your hands on information a lot easier now. So I'm more aware of my mistakes because I can read about it more readily than I could when I was (laughs) twelve. And I'm more apt to do that than when I was 12. But starting off, like, the biggest mistake, again, was just putting them in too small of environments that were not well-suited. Well, then why do they sell them in small cups? 
Well, in nature, they're found in small puddles, but I wouldn't say that for long-term care to keep them in like small cups with no oxygen and no filtration. It's not the best. There's better ways to do it. Well, they're found in small puddles because during the rainy season, they move around. Mm-hmm. and That's why they, they're such good jumpers. <laughs> yeah, and they enjoy those small puddles. But I don't know, and, like, and the they, direct history. And, and then I, they go back into uh-huh. more and of a creek-type area. There's a difference between a wild beta care and just the Petco, PetSmart, my local pet store beta. There's a, di- there's a difference in care. And I think you have more wiggle room with the domesticated fancy type bed up than over something a little while. I, like I said, I don't have any experience keeping the wild caught and I, I just feel like the ones that I can get more readily have a little bit more wiggle room, but still, if you make all of these mistakes that I did, it will shorten their lifespan. Well, yeah. Whether domesticated or captive bred. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, and I know that the captive bred beta beta Industry is a very big industry. Yeah, it's huge. I just, I only keep the fancier ones. I appreciate, and it hasn't been till recently that I've seen wild caught ones in person, and they're beautiful. I just don't have the water that it takes for them, and I'm not where I can get that type of specialty water compared to what I have. And even the water I have, it's really hard water. And that's not necessarily the best water for them. So I do add now a lot of things that put tannin in the water, like catapa leaves and driftwood. I feel like that brown, that dark water does help them because I do have such hard water and that kind of helps buffer that. But if you have just slightly softer water to moderately hard i feel like that would help well to back it up just a little bit Mm -hmm. let's go back to the tank size so what what are you thinking then for a beta tank or a beta tank what are you thinking size wise (laughs) beta 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 (laughs) it's just kind of a little rappy and i kind of like it but uh, what are you thinking size wise because they're so they're so they're sold in cups they are sold in the, cups. They're advertised. You can see them on Instagram, YouTube, any social media. There's people that keep them in vases and everything else. Mm-hmm. No filtration. Yes. What and for? That- for to if I want my beta or better, however you like to pronounce it, mm-hmm. live the longest, happiest life it can have. What would be the optimum size tank for that fish? Well, I they're smaller fish so species only one just the beta to the tank i yeah so they're smaller so you can get by with a smaller tank if you have more room it's always welcomed but i would say five to ten gallons i prefer 10 gallon aquariums to keep them in just because i don't have as much drastic fluctuation especially in the beginning with whereas the five gallons sometimes they're a little harder in the beginning to get established and where you don't have those just fluctuations. So I think, especially starting off 10 gallons, it's a smaller tank. You can still sit it somewhere like on a dresser or in your kitchen if it's the only one you want to keep or your desk. 
but you don't have those up and down swings. Whereas that's what makes for me five gallons a, and the smaller, like one gallon, you can get by with putting them in something really, if you just have, have it consistent with really good clean water. But I feel like smaller tanks sometimes they're easier if you know what you're doing and you're a little bit more experienced and you have a lot of plants working for you. So starting off, if this is your first time or you've been having a lot of trouble, I feel like a 10-gallon is the easier way to go. 10-gallon and leaning on them plants like yeah, I always I, like. And we'll get to that. Like, I always kept, especially in the beginning of keeping fish, I, like I said, I always have guppies. I always think guppies will be my favorite. I have the most experience, especially with breeding. But I did keep them beta betas as a kid too with my guppies with cold they were cold water and they were covered, just covered with snails. And they some of them got along with the guppies better than others. I feel like some of them were a little nippier and some of the guppies through the years kind of nipped at them too a little bit more, but I was not always aware when I would have a snail that would foul the tank and it would just throw throw everything off. And being a kid, I wasn't really aware of what was going on and I wasn't always apt on my water changes. So if you choose to keep tank mates with betas, betas it is possible. It is. But just keep an eye on things because sometimes they might be a little nippy or something like a guppy might be a little nippy on them. But they do require heat. I feel like they so need you, to be... So you need to have a tank mate that mm -hmm. requires similar parameters. Similar parameters would be great because then the point is too, and we'll get into these, we'll break them a little bit down. You don't want anything to be stressed. Any fish that experience unnecessary stress is going to be more apt to get sick and more apt to be something like bacteria can get in or just ick or just something that can make them sick when they're stressed. So you want to keep everything down stress-wise. And if your tank mates don't match in tank parameters, that's going to cause one of them to be unnecessarily stressed. So similar personalities, sometimes similar bodies like size. You don't want one to be able to fit in the other one's mouth or, <laughs> you know, and if they're too nippy and aggressive and constantly... Beta's fins are really pretty and flowy, and they're just magnets for something that's a little bit on the aggressive side or nippy to just destroy their fins. And if their fins are always torn, torn up to me, they're more apt to get fin rot. Will they grow back over time when they're not stressed? Yes. But you still don't want them constantly on purpose to just be shattered and nibbed, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> well, that's totally understandable. So then moving forward a little bit uh -huh. to what you were saying just a few moments ago. Uh-huh. Then why are we adding all these tannins to the water? Because, I mean, tannins, I understand, do a lot of things. Yeah, what's the, I don't what's know. the purpose for the tannins for the the beta or the beta? Well, what, what do you think? Since you're asking me all these questions, what do you think it's for? Well... I believe that tannin water is the best water conditioner you can have. 
Yes, it's. I feel like it's a really good antiseptic, too, or an antibiotic for your fish. Some people just don't like the look of a black water tank. It's sometimes a lot, especially if you're not used to it, to come down and see your, your tank water, like, tea dirt colored. Looks like a good old Carolina mm-hmm. sweet tea. But it does, I feel like, really help. And you can do it in very, you can have a solid black water tank. Or, like, I, my tanks are still at this point all clear. But I will add some leaf litter. And when the leaf litter is a little bit fresher, it's a little bit darker. But it does, with water changes in time, lighten up. But that I feel like tannins work as a really good just antibiotic or an antiseptic or just a water conditioner. I use it as a medicine. It's great for the shrimp. Like, there's all kinds of just benefits to it. But... Some people, again, don't like it, but with my water being so hard over time, that can, and it takes, it's not going to be instant, and it does take probably a while, but I feel like just slightly it helps buffer my water to where it's just not quite as hard, to where it's easier on them, because I do have such liquid (laughs) rock water here. Well, because I know Uh that the beta or beta uh-huh. prefer a pH a little bit more on the lower side. They like like a 6.5 to a 7. I think they- is ideal, whereas my water sometimes can get closer to an 8. I We do have a higher pH. But I've also made the mistake in the past where I would always get distilled water and I would just constantly use distilled water. And in, in theory, as long as it's diluting, it's fine. But if... There's a point I'm never refreshing those minerals and I'm just using distilled water. That wasn't all that good either because they still need like calcium and things in the water too. Just maybe not quite as hard. But like you said, a pH of a 6.5 to a 7 is ideal if it's like a 7.1 and they are coming. Mainly just keep your water parameters consistent don't have big fluctuations if that especially if they're coming from a local breeder or your local fish store or they're locally bred and that's what they're used to then that's great but if they're coming from someone that's super soft water they're going into hard water i think it's going to be a little bit easier on them but if they're going like if i have some and they're used to hard water and they're going into even that's going to be hard on them too so as long as it's consistent, I think it's best, especially if they're born into it. But if they have drastic differences, it's not going to work. But ideally, like you said, if they're 6.5 to a 7. Yeah, 6.5 to 7 on the pH and then the the DH, your density of hardness, mm-hmm. they don't like super hard water, which ours is super hard. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the distilled. Mm-hmm. You can add some distilled water just to dilute. Yeah, but they still diluting. have to have those minerals mm-hmm. in the water. My mistake, going back to the mistake in this, was I was kept using it to the extent there was nothing left but distilled water. In distilled water, there's nothing. There's zero mineral. There's yeah. So that's not. That's not. You don't want to do that. So that, just, they like a low mineral count. Mm-hmm. I believe it's like 20 dH is what they is what the they specifics. like it is what they like is like again to the mm-hmm. ideal number mm-hmm. but they do have to have minerals so you mm-hmm. can't just 
put them in strictly, as you said, distilled water. It's not mm-hmm. going to work. Mm-mm. And I just know through the years that they appreciate clean water. Having good water quality is really important because growing up, like I said, when I would have a snail pass away and it would foul up my water, that's just you don't want and one of the special things about them is yes they can come up to the surface they have the labyrinth organ where they can gulp air at the surface but if they're just in disgusting smelly fally water because a bunch of snails they're not going to do well regardless if they can breathe or not there's an extent where it's just not going to work well that's going to mess the whole cycle of the tank which is a whole other topic Every fish that you keep is going to need clean water. And having a planted tank is drastically going to help you with water changes, especially if it's a heavily planted aquarium, to cut down on all that stuff, that the nitrates and the ammo- all that stuff, so you don't have to do as many water changes. But clean water is really important. Clean water. And something that simple to me took some time. <laughs> clean water and consistent water parameters. Yes. And they do need heat. When I was keeping them when I was younger, I had colder water tanks. They would run in the 60s at times. And the guppies did well. They still reproduced. But... The beta bettas did not <laughs> do as well. They were a little bit more lethargic. They didn't. They they were still active, but they weren't actively swimming like some of my other ones that I keep more recently. When they have seventy two to seventy eight somewhere degrees Fahrenheit, somewhere in there, you could probably even go to eighty. As long they they just appreciate their tropical. They need some more. They're not used to cold water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't want to overfeed them. Like you just overfeeding was another mistake that I made with every single fish I've ever kept. And I when I talk about overfeeding, it does lead into feeding the wrong food. But I would have I would go from overfeeding them once a day where I just throw in tons of food at one time to I would feed them once a week, once every couple days, and again, tons of food, and it was mainly fish flakes. And I don't think, knowing the information I know now that they do like more insects, they appreciate more of a, a meatier diet. They can live on fish flakes 100%. They can, but I think it leads to... That's not their best diet. Yeah, it leads to some, I feel like, some digestive-type problems over time. But it worked, but I don't feel like it's doing you any favors with your clean water, your water print, like overfeeding all that food. If they don't eat it, it's just going to rot at the bottom and it's going to mess up everything your nitrogen site everything's going to be thrown off by all that just constant riding food at the bottom so i like fish aren't having a good diet Mm -hmm. you're changing the main factors Mm -hmm. that we just started talking Mm -hmm. about of your water parameters and everything else 
that that they need yeah. the most. And overfeeding is a big thing that I caused me a lot of problems that I just didn't know where they were coming from. And it was just because I was feeding so much. So now it's I like the granules, the really tiny granules. A lot of lines have I like extreme and I like the bug bite, something that's got some insect larva to it and a really small granule. And just a few, maybe in the morning, and like one or two, three at, in the evening. You don't have to go crazy. They're tiny. They don't require handfuls of food multiple well, times. Uh, well, for, for my wonderful little opinion about little I know, as a little bitty fish with a lot of fins, it can't have a very big stomach. It's all fin and nobody. Yeah, and like it would just... I feel like I don't know the specific in and outs, but if they would con, they're constantly begging for food. And I think that's one of the things the guppies and ev- most things, they're so cute. They come up and you can't help but want to feed them, but don't fall for it. And it leads to a lot of digestion problems some constipation. I feel like it just, their body swell because there's only so much room on the inside and it just causes so many problems that are just unnecessarily as simple as just not over just don't feed them so much well yeah i mean it's a but it's hard for them (laughs) it's not a nature food it's a processed food it'd be like us eating mcdonald's every day yeah and like like i said you don't want that was a, a mistake i did with a lot of i would just only feed fish flakes and yes i think that it's a staple i will always feed flakes but i don't feed them every day every single meal anymore i really think that they benefit from having some insect larva or brine shrimp or something on the meatier side it really does a little more on the carnivorous side Mm -hmm. yeah even though it might be microscopic carnivorous as far Mm -hmm. as mosquito larvae and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like another mistake leading to like more of the wrong environment was I put, I now put them in 10 gallon tanks that are heavily planted for substrate. I usually cater more to my plants than my beta. It's more of like a sand gravel fluval mix concoction of a mix for my plants. And they've, it's whatever pl- – I don't have a specific one I like. I like floating plants, just whatever I can get. But having those plants really helps. But filtration is a big one too. I never – I would put an air stone. Like I had an undergravel filter for a while when I was a kid, and I would put an air stone in there. But I really didn't give any time, energy, or effort to filtration on those tanks in the beginning. And they do benefit. I don't feel like – they need heavy filtration. They do like the water a little bit, not stagnant, but really low water flow. So, so you can have, there. to me, there's a big difference. Uh-huh. You can have heavy filtration, but less flow. So what you're saying yeah. is whatever filtration you're using, do, you don't a, want a yeah. lot of flow 
on the output going back into the tank. But they are smaller fish too. So if they're in a tank by themselves, or I like to put them with shrimp too a lot now, something that doesn't have a lot, they don't have a huge bio load. So if you have a heavily planted tank that's established with lots of bacteria, with just shrimp and a beta, you don't even need like a powerful... You just need something that's low flow that keeps... Now, if you want to add more fish, like I, eventually I want to add some guppies to that tank, then yes, I'm going to have to up the filtration a little bit because I'm adding bio loads of each one of those fish to the tank. But if you're in a species only, like I like the Tetra Whisper filters or a sponge filter. They're on the quieter side, and that that's plenty. But you don't want something that's like that's what I mean. You don't want them in a circle. Just they're all those, especially if it's a male. Like the females are really pretty too. They have really pretty fins, but some of the males have really long fins, and that's a lot of energy and effort to swim. <laughs> so they kind of just. And sometimes, too, side note, you just get a crabby one or one that just wants to pout. Some some of them are really active and come up and, like, greet you. So everyone has a very different personality. But some of them, they just like to kind of just float or relax on a leaf. And I didn't realize that in in the beginning that you do need... Like those resting spots, a hammock, somewhere where they can literally just relax and just rest. Well, they're all, they're, really they're, they're all fins. They're like, they're like the, what is it? The early, the, the early Elizabethan times oh, sure, of I the, guess. of the women that wore the humongous dresses oh, and, sure. and, okay. and couldn't hardly move. Yeah. Well, that, that's a, that's a beta beta in my mind. They got this world's biggest dress around them. They yeah. got the, all these fins and little bitty body, and they're trying to move all of this. I don't know if anybody's ever compared it to that before, but sure. <laughs> Just know that it takes a lot of effort to swim around like that. So having a place... It's the world's biggest hoop skirt, mm-hmm. and they're trying to move it through water. Mm-hmm. And they do like to hide, but if you, if they're consistently hiding and they're never coming out then they might be experiencing a little bit of stress. Something in there might might be a little off because they do, sw- even the shyer ones swim around. So if you're they're just huddling in the back corner at the bottom and just like never coming out, there might you might find something. Because like we said earlier, stress is just, it's a beeline to disease. It's a beeline to them Water parameters are off. Something's just, wrong. Something's off. And if they're experiencing stress that's, you're always going to have some point of stress. Just some, you can't relieve everything. But if you can get rid of whatever you can, just know that stress is a leading, a leading beeline to disease and then passing away. So, well, and I feel that betas, betas, mm-hmm. they do, each one of them that we've had and still have, they all have their own personalities. And you kind of figure it out of mm-hmm. who, who likes what, who's, like you said, more friendly, not as friendly, mm-hmm. but 
they're active but not friendly and Mm-hmm. This one's a little more shy, but it likes the plants mm-hmm. a lot. And the more you keep them, or I wouldn't say the more you keep them, because hopefully you keep the ones you have for a really long time. But the more, or the longer you keep the ones you have. And interact. And interact and get to know them. It's a lot easier to know when they're acting off. In the beginning, it takes some time to get to know their personality and how they're acting. And some might like this over this or some might like that over that. But once you get to know them and you get to know their behaviors and what they're like, it's a lot easier to identify when they are acting off. Because I have had them, like some that were really, they were into coming up and seeing me and we were all buddy, buddy. But after a water change, they hated me for like days. <laughs> they would power. And it's crazy how each one is so drastically different, but they're also beautiful. And I, I thought all short fins were females and all long fins were males. And that's not true either. They're short fin males out there too so and long fin female yeah i'm sure so if i don't know breeding very well but i know that that's a stressful behavior that so i always keep them separated if you want to keep a sorority i know nothing about it except the few things that not all work if you have sisters, it's easier. <laughs> and, and how do you know if you have sisters? I don't know anybody don't know. that has and a book need, besides the breeder. You need a 75-gallon with a lot of areas that break up their line of sight. Males, you can keep more than one male, which is like the the you don't ever do that. But you need a lot of water volume, like a 75-planted, heavily-planted tank same with the sortie, a lot of places to break up their vision, and they can have their own territory. If you're just keeping the tanks... So they're like, like little gang members. Yeah. If you have smaller tanks, like we've been talking about, 10 or 20, don't... Just keep one in there. Just keep one in there. You're, do yourself some favors. You know, a little little gang mm-hmm. member beta bettas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you stay on your side of the tank, mm-hmm. I stay on my side of the tank. And you can... I'm trying to think over the years. I've mainly kept them with guppies. I keep them mainly with shrimp now, plecos, certain tetra over the years. I've kept them with a few different things. I just don't, again, go for cichlids or anything that's going to be fin nippers or aggressive because those fins are like, (laughs) they're so pretty and they're just asking for it. So if you want to keep them in a, a community tank that's peaceful, personal or personalities that are the same smaller maybe like some celestial pearl danios <laughs> something real peaceful i do like the guppies though it's just not every once in a while you'll get that nippy guppy that you're like really what's up what's up with this but it's not very often so yeah and, and jumping you... jumping's a big one i've lost a lot of betas through the years due to jumping they are natural jumpers so keep a lid on your tank because they will they will jump almost like the jump in mm-hmm. real life from like mm-hmm. puddle to puddle mm-hmm. mm. yes and i think like do you have anything else kind of wrapping up a little bit mainly just i like 10 gallon tanks that are heavily planted 
With that, that's a big thumbs up for uh-huh. me when you say planted. Uh-huh. I I believe it's for the wonderful. best, most peaceful tank. Uh-huh. You plant that tank. Yes, floating plants, any type of plants, uh, a lower like water output, a lower flow to your output, so they're not swirling around. But a filter will will do them good. Yeah, Don't I mean, gr- good 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 filtration. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when we I distinguish filtration. You can have great filtration, but low flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can have great filtration and high flow. Yeah. And you can have the reverse. You can have mm-hmm. really cruddy filtration and high flow. Yes. I mean. And that's the perk to having your tank set up for a while, too, is having it well established. You have that good biological filtration built up. So then you could have your mechanical filtration to help you out, too. You just don't want them swirling around in a circle. <laughs> Never. You don't want the toilet yeah. bowl so effect. I like hang on the backs. I add some extra media. I don't use the cartridges, the carbon inserts so i'll use some aquarium media and some sponges to help build up that biological filtration that's more natural that good bacteria you mainly don't leave them in a small vase or a small bowl that's just stagnant with nothing because you don't want them in soured water that's just crazy up and down that's just not that's not good for any fish no. So. Absolutely. Set up. I mean, that's the worst possible scenario mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Just because in the wild, they live in shallow puddles. Mm-hmm. They don't stay in those shallow puddles forever. Well, and the, <laughs> the, and I will say, yes, that is true. But the beta or the betas that we're talking about that we do get in the small cups at the fish store have probably never experienced a natural puddle a day in their life. They're, they probably haven't experienced that. But no, they're domesticatedly yes, bred. But that genetic factor of being really good jumpers is still really there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it didn't ever go away. It's, it's bred into them. So, it's in their DNA. Yeah, it's just keep the lid. I and I'm really bad at forgetting to put the the lid on the tank <laughs> and turn the lights off. Yeah, and turning off the lights. So just make sure that all fish are jumpers, but they're exceptionally good at it. <laughs> and keep the stress down. Keep the stress down the best you can. Turn off the light. Give them some rest time. You know, give them some places to rest. Give them a stress-free environment that they're not constantly getting chased or nipped. Keep some tannins in the water, some leaf leaf litter, driftwood, if you can. That really does go a long way. And if you, you can always boil some leaves and just put a, you know, a little bit, a couple teaspoons. You don't have to make it completely brown water. So you can do a couple leaves or just... Get the extract of the leaf juice when you boil it and add a little bit. I think you can refrigerate it for like a week if you want to have some uh, tannins and you can add a little bit at a time. So that really does, really does help. Yeah. I mean, because otherwise Mm -hmm. they say you can add Indian almond leaves. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you can get that as an extract. Mm -hmm. You can add part of that. There's all different ways to do it. And I order a lot of it, but I also get some locally. We have a Missouri Catapa type. Yeah, that has (laughs) almost the identical benefit. I don't feel like it lasts as long, but it still works really well. So quicker just do your research i'm not sure there's a few leaves out there that i'm sure don't work but the i stick with the katapa leaves they work really good um what else don't overfeed do not overfeed your tank please do yourself a favor if you take one thing from this don't overfeed your fish and feed them the right diet don't uh, fish flakes are a staple but don't always feed them. Lean more on something that has a meatier substance to it, meatier protein. Some sort of heavier protein, larva style. They, I believe, I for, they're omnivores, but I think there's an insectivore too. And so, yes, can they eat a little bit of veggie protein? Of course, but... Give them that meatier protein. <laughs> yeah. Give them more of that insect-based uh-huh. diet. Give them more of those larva-type proteins that they need as uh-huh. far as mosquito larvae. And I'm one not I'm not going to actively put mosquito larvae in my fish room like I do my outside tubs. But there's a lot of foods that, that have you can that buy. That. You can purchase that have all that in yes. it. Yes. Like we said, I like the extreme food line and I like the bug bites. So... They're really good. But warm, clean water. Do your water changes a little bit once, a, like 20, 10 to 20% at least once a week. If it's more heavily planted, maybe every other week. But do water changes. Get yourself a good, a good filter in a well-established tank with some substrate that benefits your plants. <laughs> Heavily agree. Plant that tank. Give yourself a place oh, for your for one, your beta or beta to yeah. rest, uh-huh. and then that way, with all that greenery around that beta mm-hmm. or beta, it will pop all those stunning colors of that fish and the beautiful finish, and you'll have yourself a wonderful little showpiece tank that you can look at all day long. One thing that we'll go out on, we'll end the show with is I learned. Every fish you'll pretty much keep does not appreciate chlorine. They just don't. They don't appreciate in the water. Same with your plant. Like, there's nothing, your beneficial bacteria, there's nothing really that appreciates chlorine in the water. So, use a water conditioner or age your water, let it gas out. Do, do not use just straight tap water. Oh, absolutely not. On any fish tank, I do just not don't do recommend it. it. They are sensitive, but like I said, I mean, every fish to me, <laughs> you could say that. So, and it'll do tremendous awful things to your to your cycle. So don't don't use anything that has a possibility to have chlorine in it. So, get yourself a good water conditioner. Let that age gas out, do whatever you can, but do not use water for your water change that has chlorine in it. And that will help you down the road Mm -hmm. of wonderful water parameters. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to say? You want Mm -hmm. to add? We always probably forget something, but (laughs) I feel like if, if you made it this far, hopefully you can learn from my mistakes and... 
nope. be even better at keeping your betas. <laughs> so Don't keep that beta beta. Plant uh-huh. that tank. Like uh-huh. I said, make that fish pop. They're so they're so beautiful, and you don't want to lose them too soon because they are really enjoyable to keep. They're beautiful. They come in every different pattern you can and color combination you can possibly think of and there's more varieties than i ever imagined so when you get one you want to extend its life as long as you possibly can so i hope you learn something from this podcast to help you with that so if you would like to watch this podcast check out science gal aquatics on youtube under the memberships and you can watch this podcast but i would like to dedicate this particular show to our friend, Chattanooga Ed, who just had surgery. And I know he watches and listens to this podcast. So I hope you feel better and get better soon. Get better soon, buddy. <laughs> much thank- love to you. But thank you Thank so you much. for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Until Good next job. time, we discuss another wonderful dilemma yes. and the mistakes we have made. Uh-huh. But thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.